Whack Matters is brought to you by Audible.com. If you go to audibletrial.com slash whackmatters, you can sign up for a free 30-day trial where you can test out Audible's awesome audiobook monthly subscription service. Make sure to go to audibletrial.com slash whackmatters. I like how we've not officially done an intro. We've for sure not done like... I think that's intro worthy. (laughs) (laughs) That passes our bar of of minimum effort. There's a bar? I thought we've been been going as low effort as possible. No, there's a bar. I've taken stuff you set out. Where's my fake ID? (sighs) If we're going to get to this bar, I'm going to need a fake ID. I was going to make a different joke about lawyers. (laughs) <laughs> and i got really confused because i was on like the track of lawyers and like passing the bar to be a lawyer and then you said you need a fake id and i was so lost <laughs> like that's not a joke okay, i was but like the, the... i almost looked at you and said can you explain your joke was how out of it your joke wasn't hard i was just on such a different track welcome to tune in this is a podcast where I try to stay awake while talking into a microphone. And also my friend Carson comes over and hangs out while I take a nap. Bro, I was taking TV. a nap waiting for you to get over here. Yeah, you should have. Man, yeah. I also... Little, Stood me up in his own let's, home. Yeah, let's say this. Um, I switched adult jobs. Um, and then I worked much later. Didn't and tell I for- me. And I forgot to tell Carson that that was a possibility. So I showed up at his house and was there by myself in his house for two hours. For like two and a half hours, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> and then I got home and took a nap while we watched TV together. Needless to say, I'm what you would call one of those disasters of a human being. Now, and you obviously haven't seen my life, Dab. You freaking got me. Dang it. I got got. Dang it. Crap. Mm -hmm. Frick. Darns. This is actually Tune In, the podcast where me, Mark, and my co-host... Karsten. You freaking say your real name. I'm proud of you. I was Um, hoping you were going to correct me. No, freaking... (laughs) name's Karsten. Idiot. Um, We talk about TV shows that one might look at and say, oh, this is a child's TV show. (sighs) <sighs> oh boy. But then when you really get down into it, you can like realize, hey, everyone can enjoy this. This has got some good writing, good character development, world development, stuff like that. It's just a good it's a good show. Generally, so we all around good shows. Yeah, we watch the sh- we watch these shows and we talk about it and we try to encourage you, either you adult listeners all eight of you. to uh Yeah, dude. But we encourage you adult listeners to either get around the TV and watch um with your kids or your uh, you children out there to convince your parents to watch TV with you. Yeesh. We uh, recently finished... Justice League Unlimited. So good. I freaking love that it show. Is, it is really good. But before we actually get tied up in me just talking about how I, much I love my favorite show, we're going to talk about Avatar The Last Airbender. Also the, a good show. The format of this show, Tune In is we will talk about the first two episodes of or we'll talk about two episodes at a time until we and finish the season. season. Yeah, so we'll be doing the first two episodes of season 1 or book 1 of Avatar the Last Airbender. Water. Water. Episode 1 is called doesn't really matter because I forgot. Cuz Carson didn't take notes because I've seen this stuff. 
Because Car- yeah, for you. This is the first show that we've reviewed that I have actually seen. Before. But not all of. I've seen the first eight episodes. No, first six. At episodes. least the first six. First six. Nope, that was it. Because that. So we ju- we literally just watched the stuff. That you've was seen. the last one I remembered. Yeah. We freaking should not have watched TV tonight. We should have recorded three episodes and been like, "Yeah, Marcus, you're just a sleepy boy." I just needed a refresher, dude. I'll, like, it's I'll give you a rundown, dude. I'll run down this sh- this crap. So freaking here's what happens. Okay. Um. Ang is a spastic 12-year-old who just wants to have fun. This is a show about Buddhism, I think. Pretty much. But not pacifist Buddhists. It's weird. Think about it. No. (laughs) Okay, so hold on. But, like, no, let's actually break it down. So um, So the Dalai Lama wakes up and he's just like, I'm going to go kick someone's butt. I'm going to go kick a torch's butt. I'm going to fight fire. With air, because the best way to put out a fire is, is more to supply air. it with oxygen. More air. Um, that's what I was told when I took firefighting classes. So, in the world of Avatar: The Last Airbender, um, there are four elements that they talk about: fire, mm. water, water, fire, air. Um, and they all consist of of people who can bend them, which is essentially through. What, I mean, all of the bending is based off of different martial arts. So each type of bending has its own kind of martial art link to it and people can bend or like have some sort of dominance over the elements and use them like magic powers essentially but it's explicitly labeled as not magic in the show yeah i mean because like it's done through dis- it's a whole thing but we're not going to get super super into it because the show hasn't gotten too into it yet and they're just like just accept it yeah and we can get more into it as the show does but we also gotta pitch you on the premise of the show before we get into the, the physics the, of the magic the, system. The nitty gritty of the not magic that they use. Um, so essentially, you're, uh, some people are born benders, some people are born not. But if you are born a bender, you're born essentially to bend. 80% of the population are born with... Wait, that's... Never mind. To uh, bend one kind of thing. So there's water benders. And fire <sighs> benders and earth benders and an air bender. Well, airbenders, but like the, the whole idea is spoilers. The whole idea is they that, um, in the fir- in like but the we're not there episode. yet. We're telling the premise. The whole idea is that uh, the TV shows you can't name the last airbender. Yeah, but maybe they die throughout the whole show. In the movie, The Last Sam- Samurai, they all don't die at the beginning. Thanks. Yes, yeah, what you did to all our viewers. I'm glad that you know what it feels like. I mean, I've seen that, so I don't really care. So, um, essentially the Avatar is somebody who can, it's a reincarnated person who has mastery over all four elements and is supposed to keep peace throughout the land, This basically just, it just takes everything you know about Buddhism and flips it on its head. A little bit, but also keeps some of the elements to it. It's interesting, but, um... This is gonna be a fun one to explain to the kiddos. Yeah, but also... They don't get too much into it yet. It's actually not very religious. But they get more into it later. Oh. Not, I don't even know if it's the season. This show goes some places, I'll tell you that much. So essentially what happens is the Fire Nation decides that they're going to launch an attack and take over all of the nations. And change everything. But they realize that the Avatar won't want that. So because the Avatar is born in cycles, or reincarnated in cycles of... Fire to air, to water to earth to fire to air, and it's just a cycle 
um, the next in line is an airbender, so they launch an attack on um, all of the airbending temples to try to kill all of the airbenders. Aang got scared. I might this might be spoilers. I think actually, Aang essentially gets scared and runs away. Um, he panics because he gets into a storm and goes into a thing called the Avatar State. He pulls a Captain America that, and gets yeah, frozen into an iceberg for a hundred years, and then gets woken up by. Um, these people, these two little Inuit children. Um, dang it! You kind of learn like there's a lot of things you gotta infer from the show from the get go, which is neat. But um, give us a rundown of episode one, how it starts. That's kind of the premise of what's going on. So it starts with also these... keep talking. I'm gonna be right back. So basically, the episode starts out with these two little Eskimo children walking. Uh, they're riding their little canoe down and uh, through an icy like lake or ocean. And they're uh, they're trying to find food to fish, and um, so it's a it's a boy and a girl, they're uh, brother and sister is what we find out. And um, the boy, his name is Sokka. He's trying to just do tradi- a more traditional way of fishing. He's like has his spear and he's like looking over the side of the boat trying to spear fish, uh, while his sister Katara, um, we find out that she is a waterbender. So she's like bending the water around and she manages to catch a fish that way and we get this little comedic segment where she loses control and then drops a whole bunch of water on Sokka and he gets all upset because now he's wet and cold. Can we also whoops can we talk about the um comedy in this show and how well it lands most of the time? It's actually pretty good. Like yeah here's here's like um I'm trying to think of a good way to describe it. It is not highbrow comedy. It's not forced down your throat. Yeah, it's not forced on your throat, but it's not highbrow comedy either. Like, sometimes the comedy is as simple as, like, Sokka gets water thrown on him and he's bummed out about it. But, like... Most the, of it involves Sokka. The charm of the show is, first of all... You know how, like... Have you had to do any manager stuff for... Or, like, any, like, leadership stuff for yeah. Chick-fil-A? Have they talked about buying at all? What? Buy-in, the the idea that, like, so, like, this is a thing I actually just talked about, um, with Danny about work when I worked at, um, so back to what I was actually saying, um, the idea that, like, if you're a leader in something before you can expect people to listen to you or do things for you or with you, um, you need them to buy into you as a person. Oh, yeah. I just never heard of it referred to as that. Yeah, so, like, this show's a lot like that. Like, Mm -hmm. if you watch this show very cynically, you can... This is a show You'll warm up to it. Yeah, so, like, from the the get-go, like, this show does get as, like, deep and complex as, like, Justice League. Mm Mm-hmm. Or something, per se. But it doesn't start that way. And stuff. So, like, if you come at this show cynically... You, you won't enjoy it, especially not to, like, I, you will get there because, like, it does get dark and complex and, like, really neat. And I'm not, I'm not trying to dunk or hate on these early episodes at all. Because they're really good. But there is buy-in mm-hmm. to this show. So, like, more so than ever, I, I want you to come at a show with an open mind when we're talking about these things. But, like... The charm of this show, if you buy into it, is it's such a fun ride. It's very whimsical. It's very 
like the the classic start of most hero journeys where like it's kind of like very innocent and mm-hmm. stuff and like that changes and stuff and it changes relatively quick i believe it's they episode... lose their innocence as they are put through tasks that force them to grow up i think yeah i think it's like episode nine like it's right after the episode like we got We'll get there next time we watch. It's called Jet. And I'm not going to spoil it. But, like, some dark stuff happens. And you, like, learn the values of cynicism. Like, through this show and stuff like that. And you're like, hold on. But, um, if my main point is, is if you buy into the charm and the wit of this show. And the idea of this show. It is such a fun ride. Mm-hmm. And the jokes land, and the jokes make you smile, and they're so, it's so happy. Like, like there are sad moments in the show, like, where I, I've cried at the show before, and we'll get to that. I don't think I cried in the first season, but, like, we'll get to that and stuff. But, um, the, the main thing I wanted to say is, like, if you buy into the show, it's funny and charming and well worth it. Yeah. And I and I would also encourage you, like, it is kind of silly to start, so, like, buy in right away, please. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Sokka's funny. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's legit humor sometimes, but, like, there's a lot of slapstick in this show, which I think it's funny to critique the, or, like, talk about the timing of slapstick comedy in an animated show. Yeah. But it's there. Like, the animator of the show animated it well, like, for the timings, so, like... Mm-hmm. The slapstick works very well in this show because it's timed incredibly well. I just wanted to talk about comedy. Sometimes I do a lot of research on jokes and stuff because I I do this. I want to be able to podcast and be funny and entertaining for a living. So I spend a lot of time researching the idea of jokes and how jokes work and stuff like that. And sometimes I need an outlet to talk about it because nobody cares. You got that right. I hate you. <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. But for real, though, we're going to cut <laughs> that entire thing. No, we'll leave some of it in. It depends on how long the episode is being. Because if we cut that, the episode's going to be like 10 minutes long. <laughs> oh, no, dude, we're going to talk for forever. We got to, we got to, uh, yeah, we, we're not even mostly done with the first one. We Dang it. Go ahead. The first one. Go ahead. Yeah, keep See, going. Yeah. I'll stop interrupting. So they're they're messing around trying to get some fish. And then... Uh, Sokka gets all mad at can, Okay, can I say something real quick, and then I'll promise I'm done interrupting this time, and this is gonna get cut. <laughs> Tell me about Avatar The Last Airbender, pervert. Katara and Sokka are, um, they're on this boat, trying to catch some dinner, and... Rubber for life. The, uh, and then Sokka's getting all mad at Katara, and she's getting mad at Sokka because, you know, typical brother-sister shenanigans they get mad at each other for the littlest things okay but again i told you i wasn't gonna interrupt you but actually i thought we all knew that was a lie yeah um they do sibling stuff very well in this show i think like i've seen a lot of people talk about a lot of different shows be like oh they like get the relationship between like a brother and a brother or like a brother and a sister sisters like so well and i always think that they don't like, I never see that, at least with, like, the mm. siblings I'm around, or the siblings I have. 
But, like, the relationship and the way that the siblings interact between Sokka and Katara is actually done very well. Yeah. Like, they don't squabble needlessly, and they don't squabble, like, so aggressively. You know what I mean? Like, you watch mm-hmm. a lot of shows, and they're like, yep, like, these brothers and sisters are always, like, doing horrible things to each other. And they're like, oh, it's funny. I'm like, no, that's sad. Yeah. It's never like that in this show, but it's done really very real, mm-hmm. which I think is interesting. Go ahead, though. <clears throat> okay. So, um, so they're getting upset at each other, and, uh, of course, like any magic-based system, when you get, when you get emotional, then your powers become uncontrollable. So Katara is, she's freaking out, and she's unknowingly controlling the water, and she ends up breaking this iceberg up and throwing them into a current, and they get thrown around the, all these icebergs, and they end up discovering this one iceberg that's different than the others because it's like the kinder egg of icebergs <laughs> that wasn't supposed to be that funny dude um so they notice something's inside and it looks like a little boy and Sokka's just like so oh, it yeah, is it, it's just an egg it's just like it's a boy egg that's a kinder egg um because there's a surprise inside and so they're, so they're just like, oh no, we need to help him, we need to get him out. So they just start whacking at it, and then it explodes, because pressure, because it's full of pressurized air. And inside, find this little lost Buddhist monk boy. They should do a film theory on the idea of how any of that would have worked. Yeah. But go ahead. And this little, um... Uh, this little lost little boy... Turns out he's an airbender. What's that? It's someone who can. It's like a waterbender, but with air. And um, so they're like questioning him, trying to figure out who he is and what he's what he was doing in the iceberg. And Katara uh, is very compassionate towards this little boy, just like, oh, he's probably hurt and lost, and we need to help him. And Sokka's just like, he might be a Fire Nation spy. That's a good Sokka impression. <laughs> That's not. Yeah, but here's why it's a good impression. For all the folks listening at home, which I do think the people who download this consistently are me and you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but for all the folks listening at home um, and haven't watched the show, if you haven't watched the show and you're just listening to us talk about it and stuff, you didn't sound like Sokka, but the idea behind the thing that Sokka's complaining about, they understood the character motivation and things he was coming from. Mm-hmm. Continue. Alright. So this little so this little boy's a little confused as to where he is. He uh, doesn't know how long he's been in doesn't know how long he's been in there, and so he's uh, kind of just trying to regain his bearings as to what all's going on. And uh, the three of them end up decide he re- he reveals his name. His name's Aang, and um, and they decide uh, Sokka and Katara decide to bring him back to bring Aang back to their village so that he can rest and um, get any necessary any necessary medical attention. So they uh, they take him back to the village, but they don't take him back in their boat because they're kind of lost. They lost their boat. It's gone. However, Aang has this giant sloth, six-legged sloth thing called a flying bison, whose name is Appa. And um, Aang, Aang's trying to sell him on the idea that Appa can fly. 
So they all climb on top of Appa, and Aang's just like, okay, Appa, yip, yip, which is what he says to get it to fly. And the thing just jumps in the water and swims, like a lame mount. Yeah? All right, go ahead. Um, so they so they all go go back to the village on, on top of Appa, and Aang ends up falling asleep, and he has this dream. And this dream is kind of... It leads us to... Sh- it, like, it... It leads us to believe, not to believe, it shows us how Aang got frozen into that iceberg, but it doesn't give us much background. We just see him flying around in a storm on top of Appa, and then... It doesn't give us the context of why he right. was in the storm. Uh, and then something happens, he gets freaked out, and he falls into the water, and everything freezes. Like a cajool. Like a cocoon. And one day he will blossom into a beautiful butterfly. Agreed. Yes. <laughs> not right. really. Aang's the worst character in this show, fact. False. Um, Maybe Katara. We don't need to talk about this. Yeah. Um. So they make it back to the village, and then it turns out that. Oh. <laughs> okay. So. You. Oh, what did you say after you sneezed when we were upstairs watching TV? You said something like you were surprised by the fact that you sneezed, like almost like you forgot that you could do it. And it was one of the funniest things I'd heard in a long time. But I was just waking up from my nap while watching TV that I didn't I didn't point out how funny it was. Okay. Dang it. I didn't mean to derail that. I can't even remember what I said. I wish I knew cuz it was so funny. Go ahead. Um, so it turns out he... What are you looking up? The name of the second episode. <laughs> Just... Okay. Okay, cool. Um, so, um... That'd be a smart thing. I should do that while you talk. I should think ahead. Yeah, and it. not just be like... Get on top of that. And dude. not be like, oh yeah, when can I freaking interrupt Karsten next? Like yeah. I have been doing. Um, so Aang wakes up from his dream and he's back in the village and he's... Uh, and so Katara's just like, oh, good, you're awake now, so I'm going to introduce you to everyone. He starts introducing, uh, she starts introducing Aang to all of, all eight of the village members. It's not a big village, folks. It's not, because all of the, pretty much everyone who's of age is out at war, because there's a war going on right now with the Fire Nation, and it's not pretty. Um, which means Sokka, As opposed to most wars, which are pretty beautiful things. <laughs> Um, I mean, when the Fire Nation attacked, it did change a lot of stuff. It changed up war. So, I guess you could say war does change sometimes under certain conditions. This war's different. They throw fire at you. They usually don't do that in war. Yeah. They throw Um, bullets at you. They just throw them. (laughs) Okay. So, um, so because... Pretty much all of the men are gone. That means Sokka is the man of the village, and it's kind of a scary thought when you really think about it. Well, yeah, and also, like, the, the scarier thing is, like, here's the thing. There's a bit where he's like, all right, um, like, warriors, like, we're not kids, we're warriors and stuff. And then it zooms out, and he's talking to, like, three-year-olds. And it's played as, like, a, a ha-ha, goofy goof. Mm-hmm. But it's also just, like, think about it. Like, that's incredibly sad. Like, there's a work going on. And all of the people who are, like, eligible strong people went to go participate in the war because, like, there is a very, like, and in this war, it's, like, a very 
clear that there's a wrong side to it. There's a bad guy. Like, there's a, essentially somebody trying to take over the world. Like, it's a world war. Right. Like, straight up. And I'm like, this 14-year-old kid and then, like, these seven freaking three-year-olds are, like, the the men yeah like the men of the village to protect it and like it's funny because like as he's talking to him one of them's like i gotta go potty and it like it's actually like pretty funny and charming because like there's this little kid and stuff like that but like there are places like that in the world like we're like everybody else kind of died or they're gone doing something you're in charge to like protect this thing and they're like children and they Mm got to like learn about war and fighting and stuff and it's sad like to grow up by the circumstances and not time yeah like it's incredibly depressing and i think like i know Sokka gets a bad rap i know like by a lot of people and like i'm not here to like talk politically about this kind of whole thing but like i i think that he's written because like even as somebody who is very much more right-leaning than the people who ever talk about the show and talk about their issues with Sokka, like, it is it is to a fault. Like, he is so kind of, like, brash about everything as a to a fault. But I think it's it's character development. Like, it's the idea that, like, this 14-year-old kid, like, what is his perception of how he needs to act... And, like, it's not that he didn't have a good dad. It's that his dad had to go fight in a war. So you know what I mean? he didn't have someone to teach him what to do. Yeah. Like, it's it's this 14-year-old kid's, like, perception of what to do, but only from what he'd seen when his dad was still there, when his dad left at a young age. Like, his I think interpretation it's, of what he saw. Yeah, it's more, it's more sad, like, than, like, something I think you should get mad at him for. Because, mm-hmm. like, it is, it is him trying his best, and, like, he's not trying to be mean. He's not trying to be the worst in any way. It, it's also, like, depressing. It's, like, I think that this is the best thing to do, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, like, he's wrong, and, like, you can see that. But also, like, it is a good example of, like, somebody trying their best and also being very wrong. And, like, I think I think there can be a lot more sympathy there than, than is often shown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Also, Sokka's pretty funny a lot of the time. Where were we? Oh yeah, so uh, they He was just telling the warrior kids. Yeah, so then from how to pee or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember how that went. So that little that little powwow kind of gets disbanded quickly, and then Aang takes over. And quick yeah. question for you. Yeah, I had this thought the other day. If I asked you, Karsten, how do you pee? Could you describe what you do to make yourself pee? I just let it happen. Like, but like, think about like no, like, what do you physically do? I can't. Like, I don't know. Like, I like I woke up there and pee. Like, I can pee. I know how. I'm an adult. But, like, but, if, but, but, like, no, like, I don't put, like, you know what I mean? Well, it depends on how bad you need to go. And... But, like, you, like, once it starts peeing, I can be like, well, like, like, what well, are you flexing is... or release? Like, you know what I mean? The abdominal muscles around the bladder? Yeah, but, like, you don't. It's it's a very weird specific thing that like when I tell you to flex your abs like I can like describe that to you on how the, to do it the lower abs well yeah it's like the same muscle group but like no what I'm saying is like I can describe how to do that to you like ways to flex your abs and stuff I can't describe the way to move your abs to make yourself pee flex them but like it's different flexing Push it's not in. the same thing 
I can't do it. You pee with your hands, right? She threw my fingertips. No, no, I dig it. Like I was saying, I was saying, like you have to put, you have to push into your your lower. No, I was like demonstrating, like no, I was. That's how I pee. You're just like, yeah. (laughs) But if your hands are busy doing this, how do you like line everything up? Don't. Sometimes they just spin around in there. Maybe if I start spinning, the kinetic energy I, will. I I think this is going to be the, the, the first tuning episode where I t- edit a whole bunch, but I am going to do an outtakes. I think also that you get po- that gets posted on like the uh, the older group. No, 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 because I'm going to take a lot of the offensive stuff we said out. But like we've been on t- mostly me. I'm not going to say just us. Mostly me, but there's an argument can be made that uh, a tangent or two happened on this episode, and I'll probably take all those out and put them in their own thing. Yeah. But go ahead. Um, so, all the kids run away from Sokka, and Aang starts doing, like, little airbender tricks and stuff like that, and all the kids get really excited, and they're just like, oh, so cool, he's so cool, and... Sokka gets jealous and is like, we need to get rid of this kid because he's nothing but trouble and he's just going to bring the Fire Nation here. Well, that's pretty much where the episode ends, right? The line's kind of been blurred for me between when this one ends and the next one starts. No, they go to the boat first and then it ends. It ends right after the boat. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So um, Aang and Katara find a penguin and when Aang first met Katara, the first thing he said to her was, do you want to go penguin sledding with me? Which penguin sledding is you get there. They have these giant penguins and you like ride on the backs of these penguins and slide down hills and stuff like that. Like the penguin is a toboggan kind of thing. So they find a penguin and they're just like, oh, we got to go penguin sledding now. So they go penguin sledding and, uh, and it's this lo- long fun sequence where they go through tunnels and loop to loops and all this stuff. And when they finish the, when they finish the little ride, it drops them right, right out in front of a wreck in front of the wreckage of a fire nation ship and from the first attack from the first attack nearly a hundred years ago um and anxious like oh what's this and katara's just like oh that's a fire nation ship and anxious like oh we gotta go inside and explore because that's what kids do whenever there's something dangerous they're just like let's go poke it with a stick so they go inside and they're me- they're just kind of digging around inside, messing around, walking through it. And uh, Katara's trying to explain what happened because Aang's been frozen. He had been frozen in that iceberg for over 100 years. So he had no idea that the Fire Nation attacked or anything like that. He thinks the Fire Nation's still friendly. He's like, oh, this could. Why is all this weaponry in here? The Fire Nation wasn't at war with anyone. Why is the Fire Nation would never be at And Katara's trying to explain to him that, no, the Fire Nation's the bad guys right now, but she doesn't want to, like, outright tell him he's wrong and hurt his feelings. Because he's just a little boy. He's a little soft boy. Um, and then... Uh, it off a booby trap. Yeah. So as they're so then as they're leaving the ship, uh, Aang trips over a tripwire and it sets off a flare. And guess who sees the flare? Prince the, Zuko of the, the Fire, Fire Nation. Nation. And then it kind of wraps there. Um... 
And actually, because we're doing a new a new thing with this show, uh, we are going to have a real quick break, and uh, you'll hear a message from our sponsor. We're back. Da, 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 da. We're back for the second episode we're going to talk about called. You looked it up, my boy. No, I looked up the synopsis. No, I'm just kidding. Um, the title I... was "The Return of the Avatar." You, I don't need notes. I've seen this already. No, I was just. Looking I don't. Up the... I don't remember the title. I do need some synopsis. I don't remember anything that no. happened. What Too I... high. No, 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 no. What I needed a reminder of was where the episodes was where episode one ended and where episode two started. It's a it's a two part like it's yeah it's a two part. A lot of this show, I mean, like the whole show is told chronologically, and like the right. whole show kind of builds off itself. But like, not all of them are two parters. Mm-hmm. Um, also, this is the first episode where you get the official like theme song to the show, and there's a thing I wanted to point out real quick. Yes. Um, this show is so smart with the theme song being like. A narrative. A narrative of, like, this is it, the four elements. This is what bending is. The fire... Na- this is what, who the Avatar and what the Avatar does. This is what happened with the Fire Nation. This is me and my brother. This is the Avatar. We're trying to... We're save the world. We're trying to save the world. And, like, the theme song is an, a quick onboard for anybody watching the show. At least... And I think it works incredibly well for mm-hmm. at least the first season. I don't remember if season two or three, but, like, you can almost pick up, like, season two or three anywhere. You mean one? Yeah, dang it. Season one anywhere. And know what, kind of what's and, going on. And know generally what's going on just by that and then watching the episode. Mm-hmm. So this so this episode kind of starts with Prince Zuko of the Fire Nation. He's, like, the big baddie of the of the season. Um... And he sees the signal flare, and he's like, oh, no. You know what this means? The Avatar. The Avatar is there. Which, we were introduced to Zuko in the last episode, but... We didn't talk it, about him. Screw him. Yeah, and it was kind of... It wasn't as big of a point in the last episode. It was more just like an introduction. Oh, hey, this guy's out here looking for the Avatar. Yeah. Because um, he's going to find him and the wreck only, his world. The only through line is, like, um, there's a big thing between him and his uncle, Iroh is his name. Yep. Um, about, like, the technique to firebending comes from breath and, like, control of that and stuff like that. And, like, they do a lot with that as, like, it's like a bonding thing from them that they reference together a lot as, like, Zuko's controlling of his breath to master firebending and stuff like that. So, like, it's important to mention, but it's not, like, super important this episode. Mm-hmm. Or either of these episodes. So. Right. So these Fire Nation guys start tracking, they start heading over towards the, um, towards this little village, but, um, then we cut over to Aang and Katara, who make it back to the village, and everyone in the village saw the flare too, so, uh, Sokka's just like, you know what, nope, Aang's gotta go, he's just gonna cause trouble for us being here, so he, we have, he has to leave, and they end up banishing him, and he, he's like, okay, fine, I'll, I'll find the North Pole myself, because... The North Pole there's, is where the other tribe of waterbenders are. And he has to learn waterbending. Yep, and the only waterbender in the South Pole is Katara. And she doesn't know anything about waterbending, so she can't really teach Aang waterbending. So yeah, he's got... he's So basically, the whole plot of the first season is he's on his way up to the North Pole to learn waterbending. Spoilers, um, he does it. Oof. Did you see it coming? 
No. I thought he was going to die three episodes in. Weird. We watched six of them. How blown away were you when you saw... When we got to episode four, you're like, crap, he's still alive? I mean, what good show doesn't kill off the main character three episodes in? Most, in, in all of the ones we've talked about thus far. Are you sure they're not just astral projections? No, I gotta freaking watch this under the guise of, it could he be projected? Okay, whatever, keep going. Okay. Dang it. So, so Sokka, Sokka knows, okay, now that that flare's been set off, the Fire Nation is gonna show up, so we need to prepare for war. So, since all of these little kids ran off, he's gotta do everything by himself, so we have this little sequence of him, like, doing all the war paint and getting the armor on and getting weaponry and stuff like that, and it's... You can tell he's kind of really nervous about this because he's 14 and he's the only man in the village and he's the only one trained in combat with any kind of combat training. Um, and also you get a mirrored version of it coming from Zuko getting armored up and stuff too. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we uh, – so then we kind of – so then he uh, – it cuts over to him just standing on the wall. Sokka, he's standing on the wall around the village just waiting, watching with, the ship. With a pro- club and a – and a boomerang. boomerang. Yeah, and he's just sitting on the wall watching this giant ship slowly approach through the fog. Then then we cut over to Aang, who's kind of off in the distance, and he's he's gotten some distance at this point. He's going the distance. He's going for speed. Uh-huh. He's all alone in their time of need. Yeah. Because he's racing and racing and hugging the turn. Okay, I'm done. Um. And he sees the Fire Nation ship. Someone for whom he still yearns. Don't do it. I'm <laughs> done for real this time. Um, he sees the Fire Nation ship approaching the village, and he's like, "Oh no, what have I done? I need to help him." And then we get, and then the Fire Nation ship kind of just plows through the iceberg and into the village, wrecks everything, and how uh, we we get a little fight scene between Sokka and Zuko, and. You don't expect Sokka to, like, be able to hold his own at all, but he actually does a pretty good job. All things considered. I mean, yeah, he does get thrown around, but he does land a few hits, and it's actually pretty... Yeah, like, all things considered, like, Zuko's been trained in combat his literal whole life, and been, like, groomed for war from sort of this lap of luxury and stuff, and he's, like, a bender who's really skilled, and Zuko's a 14-year-old kid... Dang it. Sokka's a 14-year-old kid who, like, hasn't had, like, the most combat training he's had is, like, his dad probably sat him down and taught him how to throw a punch and, like, the rough idea on how to throw a boomerang and, like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of it. And, like, all things considered, he doesn't give up and he also keeps trying. Mm -hmm. And, like, clearly never is winning the fight. Never gonna win. And he's he's never going to win. He's never gonna win, but... Just the fact that he manages to land a hit or two is, is pretty impressive. Yeah, more impressive than like you would give him credit for. Yeah, which is good. Um, and then when it when it looks like all hope is lost, Aang shows up and he throws some people around and kicks some butt, and then turns himself in because he realizes that he's putting the village in danger. So he says, "You know what? If I if I surrender myself and go with you guys, will you leave the village alone?" And, um. You go ahead and take over from here. I'm getting a phone call. <laughs> go. Um, so, Aang, yeah, so Aang leaves with 
Zuko and the gang, and then they get there, and almost immediately, Aang starts, um, sort of doing this thing that is really fun to see, I think, where he starts using his airbending powers, and, um, between this, and, like, there's this idea that I, I, um, I think is intentional, where he makes a lot of people look very foolish, like, he is, he's 12 years old in this show, the canon of the show, he's 12, um, and he's fighting trained soldiers and stuff like that, and he runs around and makes them look very foolish and stuff like that, but, like, they've also never been trained in the idea or the skill set of fighting airbenders because there hasn't been one in a hundred years so why would they so ang using like very acrobatic moves is able to sort of fight like these people and get around and like manipulate the area around these people to get away and stuff very well it works very cleanly and very good and it's very fun to watch another thing hey what's up bud i'm back Another thing that, like, I also really love to see is they talk about in later episodes, I think in this season a little bit, but mostly in season two, mm-hmm. of, like, different mindsets to different bendings, like, to the different bending you're learning, different element you're learning to bend, uh-huh. and stuff like that, and, like, um, Aang has, like, a hard time learning earthbending and stuff because earthbending is the opposite of air, and stuff like that. But, like, this whole, like, because earthbending, you're supposed to, like, face head-on and stuff. But airbending's, like, very much about being very, um, sort of, like, what's the, I'm trying to think of a good way, like, um, off, off-balanced agile. Where, like, if you watch him move, it feels like he's very almost not the most coordinated. But by the stunts that he's doing and pulling off, he very clearly is. But, like, by staying so loose, he's able to dodge very quickly and stuff. And he doesn't, like, there's very rarely offensive moves that he uses. He's very offensive. He usually blocks or runs. He's not a very offensive character. Yeah, he's not very offensive or offensive. Um, And, like, occasionally he does and stuff like that. Like, for instance, um, as he's running away, he's trying to find his staff Mm -hmm. um, so he can fly and stuff. And he eventually finds it and then gets stuck in a room fighting Zuko. Zuko. And he's blocking, 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 blocking. And does, like, one offensive thing that doesn't do much. And then he grabs his staff and eventually just throws the bed at Zuko and smashes him into the wall. Mm-hmm. And then throws the bed up and smashes him into the ceiling and runs away. But, like, that's the first offensive move we've seen him use in two episodes. And we've seen him use a lot of airbending. Mm-hmm. Like, he says he's very much defensive. I think that's cool. Like, it's just, like, a neat thing. And, like, um, when you see, like, past airbenders and stuff, that's how they work, too. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Excuse me. So, um, he essentially, well, as all of this is going on, him trying to get his staff back and stuff and running around the ship and making people look silly, um, Katara and Sokka essentially decide that they need to go after him because he came back to save their village. The least they can do is protect him and try to help him. And then their grandma essentially says, you guys are bound for greater things now to help the avatar. Like you're not going to be coming back here anytime soon. So like take enough provisions and like be safe on your journey. But like you're, you're essentially like 
pseudo squire. You. You're essentially pseudo squire companions to the Avatar. I don't know why I went with squire. Anyway, um, so they get on Appa and head out after. And they're trying to get him to fly, but they can't figure out how to get him to fly. And, and then they remember the words. And he takes off flying, and they're just like, whoa, he actually can fly. Yep, yep. Woo! So then, around that time, Aang throws his glider and jumps onto it, and then uh, Zuko grabs it, and it's too heavy. So he falls, and then they get into a bit of a scuffle, and Aang control and loses his ability to defend and loses his staff. Gets hit by fire. And gets falls knocked off the out, side of the boat. Falls off the side of the boat. And goes super safe. Um, yeah, so you learn more about this later, too, about, like, the name for it and stuff. But essentially, sometimes, in certain situations, Aang gets very emotional and his tattoos, because he has, like, these arrow tattoos tattooed on him. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this is how tattoos work, or tattooed on you, but, um... If they're permanent, might as well get them to do something. Um, they glow, and his eyes glow, and then, like, he gets really good with all of the elements and stuff, and you learn more about it later, so I'm not gonna spoil it, because it's neat, but, um... He does that and defeats everybody and then kind of him, Zuko, and or him, Katara, and Sokka. Sokka get on Appa and make a quick getaway as Iroh and Zuko throw one last fireball at him and then... Aang redirects it into the side of the glacier and, and stops the boat. And freezes everything. And stops the boat from being able to follow them and they start off on their journey and mm-hmm. that's the end of episode two. Yeah, we covered that a lot faster than we did episode one. Yeah, it's crazy what'll happen if you... Oh, this one's more action-based, too. True. There wasn't a lot of dialogue, so we were kind of... I mean, there wasn't as much, like, introductory elements, so we weren't, like, trying to mix things up and make it interesting. Yeah, like, it's really... And, like, also, again, as, as often we can say it, this show looks good. It's very flowy. Um, We'll talk about it... Actually, I'm not going to talk about it this episode. Like... It's better highlighted in other episodes, so we can talk about it then. Yeah. Um, uh, wasn't there something you wanted to talk about as far as, like, Blu-ray versus regular DVD? Oh, yeah. So, like... Or maybe it's just your TV. I got the Blu-rays. No, I've got the Blu-rays of the show, and... So it's digitally enhanced. It almost looks too clean sometimes. Like... And I, it's like weird. when they when they turned it into a Blu-ray, they went in and messed up the visuals. Yeah, not like they messed like I. Um, you like uh, the more gritty. Older yeah, look. yeah. Like I think like there's like a little bit of grit that made it feel more like a hand-drawn thing, and stuff like and it, it's not like it was kind of like they used a lot of digital stuff like with it like mm-hmm. most animation nowadays. Um, but like it. I don't know. It looked more like it, and it felt more, more um, personal almost. Mm-hmm. Like, and don't get me wrong, it looks clean as heck. Like right. on like the Blu-rays and stuff, and like if you're looking for that, and I think like if you're watching the show for the first time, you wouldn't notice it, right? Obviously, but um, it was just like a little thing I noticed, which was it a little weird to me. But uh, yeah, I think that's gonna do it. We got um some t-shirts for sale. I don't know why that was so hard to get out. We have t-shirts that we can sell you. Do we still have sweaties? We got those sweaties. Are you going to be selling those at... Wait. We will not... I don't yet? think we'll have... Um, 
we've announced it. We'll be at Con. We'll be at Ocon if Ocon will let us go. We're gonna we're gonna try to get a booth at Ocon. So like, please come and support. Signing up now. Um, I talked to Michael about it. Michael has like all of the official stuff for the site, so it'll have to be his thing. But um, cool. I'll gonna I'm gonna bring it up Saturday. The earlier you try and get in, the more likely you already get in. But um. I mean, Ian managed to get our podcast in, so it can't be that hard. Um, <laughs> Kobe got him. Um, so, yeah, we got we got stuff for sale if you want to chip us some dollars. Or a donate button if you just want to give us money and not get anything out of it. But, um, th- honestly, the most uh, important way that you could help us right now is through... Uh, like liking and sharing if you thought this was funny or interesting or you like the idea of what we're doing or you're just a big avatar fan and you know people who are big avatar fans kind of want to just listen to our show listen to people yeah like if you can get more people to listen to this and more people to um like and comment and talk about this and share it and stuff like that like that'll help us out exponentially in the long run so Please do that. And also, it's free. It doesn't cost you anything right. to do those things. So, like, it means a lot more than you think it does to just give us a like or to share. Like, just hit share real quick mm-hmm. on, like, your Facebook. Like, that helps out exponentially more than you understand. Right. Um. So, like, please be willing to do so if we did uh, uh, uh. tickle your ears. Is that a thing? Tickle your fancy. <laughs> Stupid. Um, that's going to do it for us. So I just want to invite you guys to tune Tune in in next next time. Thanks for listening to the podcast that we produce here at wagmatters.com. Just in case you didn't know, we have a lot of different shows running right now. There's Life's What You Rate It, where me and my brother Mark rate everything on a scale from 1 to 10 that exists in the entire universe. Tune in, where Marcus and his friend Karsten talk about cartoons and their value for people of all ages. Of course, Whack Tracks, where me and a bunch of friends make commentary tracks for whatever shows or movies we might be into at the time. And our newest show on the network, The Music Matters, where my friend Trevor creates a discussion around all the matters relating to music. If you'd like to support the content we make here at WackMatters.com, please go to WackMatters.StoreMV.com and check out our merchandise section. We sell t-shirts right now, and there's more merchandise to come. Even if you don't want to buy a t-shirt, there is a donate button at WackMatters.com that you can use to support the content that we already make and to help fund creative ideas for the future. Additionally, this podcast is also brought to you by Audible.com. If you go to audibletrial.com slash whackmatters, you can sign up for a free 30-day trial with Audible.com where you get to listen to a free audiobook of your choosing and can continue subscribing for an awesome audiobook content subscription. Remember, that's audibletrial.com slash whackmatters. We love you all and hope you will continue checking out the content we make here at whackmatters.com. Have a great day.